and I'm going to tell you why. Lord, thank you, Father. Woo! Thank you, Father. I am on a journey to discover, uncover, and recover love. Life is about helping others. Dear future wifey has been doing exactly that. You stated that women are to present and not to pursue. It has given us a, a roadmap on how relationships were meant to be by God. There are still black men who love the Lord and their end goal is marriage. Thank you for teaching me how to stay lit, how to be intentional and transparent. You read your, your letter, I cried. I just got married two months ago and I'm listening to the podcast so I can stay married. I'm Lateris R. Whitfield and this is season four, These Dating Streets on the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey podcast. I'm your host, Lateris R. Whitfield. Man, listen, I'm having so much fun uh, with these discussions as we are in these dating streets. But listen, are you still shacking up with us? Come on, man. If you're still shacking up with us, what's taking you so long to make a commitment? Go ahead and hit that subscription button, make a commitment and subscribe. Also, turn on your notification bell so you'll be notified when we drop upcoming episodes. I've been loving the engagement. Y'all have been DMing me about questions as we've been tackling these issues that many times have gone undiscussed uh, in these dating streets. And so I'm thanking God that he's allowing us to provide value and reference to these discussions that you're having privately. So listen, this episode is gonna be a little different. I got my boy on the podcast. Listen, without further ado, welcome to the Dear Future Wifey podcast. My homie, Andre Notice. Glad to be here. What's man. up, brother? What's up, man? Excited to be here, my brother. Brother, fresh out of H Town. Yeah. So you, so you came to Dallas uh, this past week, and what what brings you to Dallas? I have a real estate conference here, um, award ceremony for my brokerage. So the the uh, founding brokerage is actually right here in Dallas, and a friend of mine opened a Houston branch. So it's pretty cool. Shout out to my homie Yolanda. Uh, Yolanda uh, Williams said, hey, listen, you need to meet my boy Dre. I think that uh, I don't know. He said because I've been very intentional about fostering uh, brotherhood. And so I, I told her that I want to meet some good brothers, some some uh, you know brothers that believe in the Lord and some Christian brothers. And she was like, you need to meet him. And then um, you jumped on my live the other day on IG and you shared a perspective that many people don't get a chance to hear the in-depth perspective that you shared. And I said, this could be a little different on the podcast. So I'm going to invite him on the podcast, called you up today. You showed up and this episode is titled Not Ready to Love. Oh, well, we about oh. to go there right now. Uh huh. So we were on the live and do you remember what you shared? Absolutely, of course. So what, so, what, so what were you talking about? So for me personally, um, being a multi-entrepreneur, juggling multiple businesses, building multiple businesses, um, being in the foundation work, because when you're, when you're doing a business work, there's a foundation that must be laid, that of must course. be built. So because I'm building multiple businesses at one time, um, it has to be very, you have to be very intentional and very focused with what you're doing. Right. And I believe that when you're in a relationship, 
that's an investment. You're investing time, you're investing energy, you're investing emotions, um, all of those things that are going to go towards my business, I'm investing in another individual. So I'm splitting it. Yeah. So for me personally, not saying that you can't build a relationship and business at the same time, that can definitely be done. But for where I am in my life, I, I choose to focus on the business for right now. And so you're in, how old are you? 37. 37 years old. Uh, when's the last time you've been in a serious relationship? I had a serious Took a long time. Took a deep break. Yeah, because because I had a serious uh, situation. I was waiting for that word. Yeah, Uh, that's a powerful word. It was it was about four four or five years ago, and um, we both made an agreement that we were going to work towards something. And she looked at me in such a way where I knew that she really likes me, and then one day. Everything just changed really? drastically. Everything just changed. It just went downhill. It just changed drastically. She never looked at me the same, and I didn't even I, I didn't do anything. I think somebody she mentioned somebody came back from her past. Oh, okay, yeah. And but when I went through that, it broke me. Oh boy, we know about because I didn't these. I didn't know it at the time, but I had fallen in love with her. You said you didn't know it. This is good. You didn't know that you had fallen in love with her until the absence of her correct and so what did what did that tell you you know what what made you say this isn't well let me tell you what made you say this was love that i had fallen in love with this woman it happened after we were no longer hanging out talking you know when things had changed drastically and and i saw how i was reacting to it was when I realized it. Because I didn't realize it during the time. I just thought I liked her, you know? Yeah. And then I randomly ran into her at an event downtown. And it ran across my mind, how would I feel if she was talking to somebody else at that moment? Mm-hmm. And I didn't like how that felt. I was like, nah, I wouldn't like that. How would that have made you feel, Dre? I would have felt some type of way. Jealous, maybe? Yeah. I, I would have felt hurt. I would have felt, you know, I would have felt some type of way. So how did y'all split? What what made y'all stop communicating? You know what? So, man, I haven't told this story in a while. I was driving one day. I was almost home. And randomly, she sent me a text that was like, I'm sorry, but we can't do this anymore. Something to that extent. And I kid you not, I almost crashed. Really? Yeah. What, what crashed. happened? You just blanked out? I I I couldn't. I mean, I was trying to hold the phone, trying to understand what was going on, and yeah, I felt something in my stomach, and yeah, it was it was bad. It was bad. I went through it bad. People don't understand that men have <clears throat> feelings, and when we hurt, we hurt. Oh, I was broken. Oh, I was no good. Like I lost fifteen pounds. Um, if I saw a car that was like hers, the same <clears throat> color, yeah, it, it was bad. I was I was deep. Talk about it, Dre. Yeah. When you saw a car that looked like hers, what emotions? I felt it. I felt it. I was like, damn. You know, I felt I, I didn't want to see her across my social media. It was bad. Did you did you unfriend her? Unfollow? I her? didn't. I didn't. I probably should have, but I didn't. Um, and I had a, a, a this conversation with a, a close friend of mine who's like a best friend of me. He told me that he had to block the girl that he had broke up with that he fell in love with. And I, and I understood why he did. 
At the time when he said it, you didn't understand. No, it? I did. I, I I understood it. I just <laughs> I just didn't do it. Uh, she was a beautiful girl, man. But yeah, it is what it is. You live and you learn. I learned a lot about myself through that situation. What you learn about yourself? Oh my god, I, I learned that I'm a different person when when I'm intentional about somebody that I really like. I learned that I do have a very romantic sense. I learned that if I do fall, I fall deep and I go all in. And I also learned that for me personally, I know that it's not a good idea for me to try to mix both of them building a relationship and the business. For me, I'm not, not, I do understand, I do agree that another individual can help you build more and even faster. I agree with that. I'm just choosing not to make that choice for me personally. And when did you make that choice? How long ago? After that situation. So from that situation, you said, I'm focusing on me. Yeah, I'm finna focus on my business. I'm yeah. finna go chase this bag. Yes, and chase my purpose. Right, and I put love on standby. So, but back then I was only doing real estate full time, and the whole reason why we connected was because she's in the same industry. Okay, so yeah, we would have meetups and things all the time. So when I was building, I was only building my real estate business. But now I'm building multiple businesses. So, so now you sure ain't got no time. So when you look back on that situationship, what made it a situationship? Why couldn't it have been a commitment? We were working towards a commitment. Um, and I believe that it was a timing thing on her end. I was ready. Oh, you you want to be in a relationship? Yeah, I was ready. I was I didn't want I initially I didn't, but yeah. after I saw how things were going, how we vibed, um, how strong our chemistry was. You know, I was open to it. Provide context around what, how long did that last before you said, so it was a year total from beginning to end. Mm -hmm. So around what part in that year did your feelings evolve past just a situationship and said, I, I really want to do something long-term with her? It was close to the year mark. So towards the end of the <laughs> yeah, year it was, mark. it was close to the year mark. But it, I remember like when we first started hanging out, it was like a, a couple months before Christmas. So we did things around Christmas together and things like that. So that was pretty cool. So that next following Christmas was tough. Mm, brought back all those memories. Yeah. Did you ever tell her, I love you? Towards the end or throughout the one year? No, towards the end. So towards the end, you said, I love you. Was it after you start seeing the change and the relationship was uh, dissipating or did you say it at the end, after everything done fell apart? No, nah, it wasn't after everything fell apart. It was it was towards the end of um, before that happened. That and that's day. when you said she looked at you and you felt like something had changed. Yeah. Now I get it. Yeah. And so this, so listen to you. I'm trying my best not to not to be triggered in my own story. <laughs> <laughs> it's real man but it's i know real. why i know why now god had you come do this podcast today because you really? know i just called you out the blue and just said hey come do this and i thought it was more about helping provide reference for women who are dating and they run into a, a guy that says listen i'm not looking for a relationship now oh, i've heard that several times before but they don't understand what that really means now there's certain guys that say that in the sense to be like i'm just out here being a player and he has the right to do that just like women got the right to say i ain't looking for nothing serious do what you do whatever your mm -hmm. healing journey looks like is up to you just uh, hopefully you're honest up front so you can mitigate the damage of, of dealing with people that have uh pure intentions but when i'm now i realize why because my whole podcast is about my own personal journey and god provides people 
on the podcast that and he did a slick one today. Oh, he was slick. God, you were slick. You was real slick. Oh, you were slick now. Pulled a fast one on me. So, <laughs> brother, I have yet to release and speak about what led to me producing this podcast because I'm going to write a movie and it's going to talk about all that. And we're going to talk about the hurt that men go through and how we're not, if we're not intentional about the healing process, we just go out and we just re reintroduce hurt to other people. Uh, but I walked away from my situationship that I was involved in around the Christmas holiday. And that was in 2018. And I was madly in love with this woman. And when a man goes through hurt, oh, Jesus. It'll bring you to your knees. Oh, I'm talking about where you just be like, I don't even, uh, food yeah. for what? Why well, I got to eat right. food? Food, yeah, food is a waste yeah. of my time. I'd rather sit here and cry. That feels yeah. better right now. So I'm a poet. You are. So you done wrote a poem about it. Couple of them. You got anybody remember? Let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you. The poem was so transparent. It took a couple of years before I even went back and read it, read it again. To this day, I don't even remember it. I know I, I know I have it. I know I wrote it. I haven't read it in a while. Because it's too painful. Yeah. Because anytime you go back and read it, your mind emotions. automatically yeah. goes right back. Yeah. As if it was the emotions. Yeah. same day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So no, I never, I never never memorized it because of too that. Particular, yeah, it was too. I can do it now. I'm healed now. Yeah. I'm, I'm good now. I'm healed. You know, but you just never memorize people, it. People think that, and I, I try not to tell that story a lot because people think that I, I am where I am because of the situation. No, but it's, it's not. It's not. But I've learned a lot about myself from that situation. Yes. And the good thing about it was that you said you've learned how intentional you are and how you can become extremely romantic when you are fully invested Absolutely. in someone. And uh, that's beautiful because what that means to me is that the woman that God has purpose for you, she's going to get all of your goodness, all yes. of your love, all right. of your kindness, all of your intentionality. Right. You know, um, and that's beautiful because if someone got into a relationship with you fresh out of that relationship, if you even availed yourself to do that, you would have destroyed this woman. You know, and she'd be like, what is wrong with him? I'm hugging him. He getting mad. He, wow. want, he, he don't want to be around me. What is wrong? It and wouldn't it, be a good look. Oh, it would not. And I say that all the time. Like, no, 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 no. You didn't want me during that other season. Because I was, I was, was <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I wouldn't no. do that to a woman, though. I would I would make, make sure that I healed first before, you know, I would never do that, you know. And so as you've been single. Now, what have you run into? So here you are single. You're uh, you're successful. You're chasing your dreams. You're pursuing it. You're a godly man. And women will find themselves attracted to you. How do you handle your female relationships? I got to be honest, man. Um, I have to be careful. And I say that um, with all sincerity because I, I realize that um, the caliber in which I I make an attempt to hold myself is not out there in a wide range. Yeah. So when some women see it, sometimes they gravitate towards it. Of course. Um, so I do have to be careful and, I, and I'm, and I'm conscious of that, you know, I'm aware of that. And, um, and I've also nerd, I've also noticed, and I've never said this before, but 
I think, I don't know who it was. I don't know if it's a prophet or my mother, but somebody told this. I've seen there are some people that are able to discern and are attracted to the calling on my life. And they're more attracted to that than it is who I am. Yeah. Are you able to uh, differentiate those? Oh, yeah. Because they make statements like, ooh, it's just something about you. And they say that a lot. And um, I, I just kind of watch how they answer. And those, those I kind of keep them at a distance because I don't want to blur those lines. But, um, yeah, I've, I've, I've noticed that. It really, it really does take um, discernment. You got to be wise with some situations. So how do you, and, that, and it's, it's interesting because I'm still wondering, how do you still manage that? You're out here, you're meeting women. Are you just straight up platonic friends with these women? Or do you sometimes cross the line and sometimes you grab them a little booty and getting a little kiss here and <laughs> playing with their little vagina sometimes? Like what, 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 what really go down in these so, industries? So here's the thing, like uh, it really comes down to being upfront and honest from the beginning. Right. It really comes down to that. And with that being said, Sometimes you'll meet another another individual that's where you are. Right. Yes. The problem is when you don't say that and then you do what you want to do just based because you want to do it, not even knowing where the other person is. Yeah. And you made the decision for them. Yes. I haven't made that decision for them. I won't do that anymore. I let yeah. them know where I am. Yeah. So you're saying you up front. You're telling woman straight up, I cannot be changed. I'm not looking for a relationship right now. It is what it is. I let me say it again. I'm not looking for a relationship Look, right let now. Let me tell you, some women. <laughs> Let's talk about some it. Some women, <clears throat> they hear what you say, but not really. They hear what you say, but in their mind, oh, I can change you. Yeah. And they yeah. think that if they give you their body or yeah. this and that, that they can change. You cannot. Change a man from what he said. Listen. Once a man tells you where he is, you better accept it. Accept it. You cannot change him. It does not matter what you do. What you decide to do with him from that point on is on you. On you. I because say, he I told that, you. I tell that to my homegirls all the time. I said, what did he say? But I feel like, no, what did he say? Yes. And I had, I had a good friend call me one day. She said, because people call me to confide in me a lot, especially yeah. women. Just one advice, yeah. ask questions. Same here. And she's 43, I believe. And she said, Things like, I can't understand why he would do this, man. I thought, you know, we were X, Y, Z, and I, we had sex without protection and this and that. And she equated what they did to what? To, no, say it. Finish the sentence. She, she, she equated what they did to what? She equated what they did to how she believed he should, he should feel and react and respond I had the same to what they had going on. When I said the same conversation last week, I said, girl, it's... It's not the same for a man as a woman. That's it, it is what it is. It's not the same. Why do you think it's so hard for women to understand that? I know God made us differently. That 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 women are more emotional, men are more logical. But why is it that you can tell a woman okay. exactly that? I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you why. Go I'm gonna tell you why I believe it is. I heard this quote, I've never forgotten it. Throughout life, a woman is waiting for the find the right man, while that man is waiting to right time. So for a woman, it's the right person. For a man, 
it's the right timing. That's real. So because a woman, when she finds what she feels is the right person, she cannot let that go. And if you're constantly feeding the flesh, the flesh wants what it wants. Yes. The flesh says, I want it and I want it now. Yep. There is no patience. I want it now. You're the one for me. So I believe it comes from a lack of humility, flesh, and a woman being wired to wanting to find that right man. And we're wired to waiting to the right time. That's why women, is, they're ready. We're like, hold on. Calm down. Pump your brakes. And let me tell you something. That makes a lot of sense. But in their defense, <clears throat> men have biologically more time than women have. Yes, that's and correct. And that's what's so unfair about it. Agreed. Because a man, a man, could, we Agreed. know it. We hear it all the time. Man, like, I ain't ready for the relationship. Yeah, yeah, a man yeah. will kick it yeah. from his 20s to his 30s yeah. to his, his 40s, 40s right. to his 50s and be like, all right, now I'm ready to go ahead and settle down. I'm not going to get too much into this because he's very controversial. But your boy talks about that a lot. Oh, Kevin Samuels. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. He, and he's... Uh, he's every, accurate in that. He's, that's that's in true. In that state, he's he's accurate. Yes. Yeah. He, he's accurate. You can't... Because a woman, most of the time, they want somebody older. Yeah. So if you're getting older, <laughs> it is what it is. And then the men that are older want someone younger. Exactly. And then it's just... It's just it's, exactly. You're just crossing paths mm -hmm. and it's just not happening. Mm -hmm. And what's so bad about it is that it's just... That's the conundrum. That's why it's so hard to find love because you have to find it at the right time mm -hmm. with the right, with the right person, person. Mm -hmm. with your with your virtues mm -hmm. and your morality aligned mm -hmm. and 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 the, and the things that you hold true mm -hmm. from legacy standpoint they got to want the same thing you want they got and then it comes together you go i found my person but oftentimes people waste so much time with the wrong, wrong person, person that they don't avail themselves for the right person and they can't recognize them when they come, when they show up because they don't you, show up the way you, they want listen, to show up listen some women have been dating boys for so long they cannot recognize a man when he walks in front of their face and he and she will treat that man like a boy because of the hurt because of all the things that went she went through in her past i had this exact same conversation last night the exact same conversation i said you're attracted to boys yeah I said, and everybody since you, it was one of my closest friends. I said, you've dated F boys ever since you were in the seventh grade. That's all you and know. That's all you know. That's all you know. And now you lowered your standards so low to where you said, well, I don't think I'll ever get married anyway. I don't think I'll ever even have kids anyway. I know So you just like continue that. messing with the F boys. I know what And I was like, like well, how do you expect that to ever change uh -huh. if the only person you ever date are those type of people? Like I said on Thursday night, <laughs> life is full of tests. If you don't pass the test, you shall repeat it over and over and over again. And and she'll and I said you stayed in the seventh grade and you're almost forty years old. Yep, stayed in the seventh grade. Yep, yep. Because just because you're getting older doesn't mean you're growing up. Talk about it. <laughs> Talk maturity, about it. maturity is a choice. It does not come with age. They come separate. It's not a package deal. You can get older doesn't mean you're getting wiser. Doesn't mean you're growing up. It just means you got older. That's it. It's a lot of 40-year-old 40, 40 boys and girls out here. A lot of them. A they lot never grew them. up. They never grew up. For circumstances that they never they didn't know how to overcome. And then you tell the, those same people, listen, you can't even see what I'm saying right now. Just go to therapy. Mm -hmm. Go get it from somebody oh, else can't. that can tell you, like, I don't need that. And I'll be like, 
Well, a person, to- a person can only receive a message when they're ready for it. There it is. I can make a statement for you right now, and it, it goes like this. <laughs> and I make that, and somebody else makes that same statement ten years later. If you've grown, and you're like, oh, <laughs> that's life. God, dog. Oh my God. You said that people that come into your life, you put them into different categories. Explain that category. You have to. Um, you were talking about is is based upon math. Oh, that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, um, as a speaker, I have I have things and quotes and things that I that I say. And one of the things that I say is that I treat I treat relationships like math. So, if a person isn't in my life to add or multiply, then I have to do the math and divide and subtract. Hmm. So, what does that division and subtraction look like? Um, for everybody, for every situation is not the same, right? You know, I, I personally, and this is a whole conversation piece. I personally do not understand, do not respect the whole ghosting thing. Oh yeah. Me neither. That's, I, that, that's, that's, that's extremely childish, childish to me personally. Yeah. I think it's coward. Yep. Personally. So I will never ghost an individual. Yeah. So sometimes we both just kind of go yeah. on separate ways, but I will not have a person constantly reaching out to me and I won't respond. Yeah. I will tell you, hey, I don't believe that this is a good fit. Yep. Um, we it was fun while it lasted, but I, I don't think we we're good, good to go in the same path going forward. Good, King. That's real. <clears throat> I always say, be intentional when you come and be intentional when you leave. Man, the ghosting thing is a real thing nowadays, man. I, I don't, I don't get it. I just don't get it. And then it's so awkward the next time you see that person. Yeah. Person. <laughs> I had a woman ghost me for no reason. <laughs> the next time I saw her, she could not look me in the face. <laughs> It was so awkward. Armani, see, Armani getting triggered over there. Look at Armani. You see Armani over there? Yeah, but it's real. It's like, you didn't have to do what you could have just said, you know? And she was with somebody else. I didn't say anything, but it, she could not even look at me. She was staying with somebody else. Y'all at a restaurant somewhere? We was at a, uh, it was a house gathering, house party. Oh, so y'all was in close quarters. Yes. And then she over there looked. She could not look at me, bro. She would look the other direction. I'm, I'm so serious. And then I found out the person that introduced us he told me because I told him that I saw her. Yeah. He said, "Man, to be honest with you, bro, I found out she did a lot of guys the same way." And I yeah. was like, "Wow." Because it's, it's it's habitual, you know, and it's like they <laughs> just they just won't own up and show up, and that's in these dating streets you're gonna run into all different levels of people. Yeah. People that have unresolved trauma. Yeah. Uh, people that suffer from abandonment issues, mm-hmm. just like you were talking about the one particular female that you had uh, became just cool with. It was straight platonic, but she done created this whole narrative oh, and story yeah. in her mind, yeah. then fell in love with you, mm-hmm. and then three months later talking about she in love with you, like, oh, we ain't, I, ain't, I haven't showed you any type of interest, Bruh. so why are you like this? And then she mad at you, and it's like, well, you've been playing with my heart. You're like, I didn't kiss you, I didn't touch you. How did I play with your heart? Now, what did she use as the reason why she felt the way she felt? Well, she didn't say that you were playing with my heart. She just she she literally admitted to the fact that I didn't <clears throat> I didn't do anything to lead her on. She just had hope. She but I didn't provide false hope. She just, you know, just had, made that all up. Mm-hmm. Do you think it was how often did you talk to her? Was somebody you talk to every day? <clears throat> no, I don't talk. There's nobody on this earth I talk to every day. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> Literally, um, I don't think there's anybody on this earth I talk to every well, maybe every week, maybe every week. Talk to my mom every week. He said, "Nobody on this um, earth I talk to every day." I don't. 
But um, hold on, tell me what that would mean. What would that represent if you talk to somebody every day? We go together. <laughs> <laughs> I don't talk to anybody every day, man. There's nobody on this earth I talk to daily. So you really, you really like your time is like, no, nah, this is my. I time. I got to be intentional, man. I'm building a lot right now. <laughs> I, I man, my you, there's the the most precious commodity we have is, is time. time. You can't get that back ever. If I go broke tomorrow, I can make my money back. With, with a little bit of time. That time is gone. Yep. It is what it is. I have to I have to be intentional with my time. So you don't so, play with that. Yeah, so that's the reason why, like, even, even right now, <clears throat> I make time to be social and go out, but I have social Saturdays, self-care Sundays. My friends know on Sunday, 85, 90% of the time, I am on my couch chilling, <laughs> relaxing. And watching football to football watching me. He on the couch right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's it. That's chilling. Yeah. That's real though. My time is real. So you're very, so you're very, very intentional about your time. So in the mornings, I don't start working until nine and ten o'clock. But guess what time I get up? Well, five. Five. Yep. That's what time I get up. Yeah. Cause I have a whole morning ritual that I go through. Three, four hours before I even start working. You have a four-hour ritual? Three, four-hour ritual. Is that, a, is, that, is that a private? No. Okay, what do you do? So when I get up in the morning, the first thing I try to do is uh, I try to say a couple of affirmations before I get out of bed. I really believe that the first thing that comes out of your mouth, you're putting to the atmosphere. Everything good, comes out of my mouth. Good, good. I might take that. Yeah. Um, after I brush my teeth, I go downstairs. Um, I have a devotion. I listen to gospel music. I'll pray, read my Bible. Um, I write my goals mm, every day. I write my goals after I write my goals. You write goals for the day. I have these these lifestyle goals of things that I want to achieve. They're not okay. daily goals. And then I may meditate in silence, fifteen minutes or so. I'll drink um, a ginger turmeric tea in the morning. Then I'll drink a, a fruit smoothie usually, and I'm off to the gym. At the gym. Some days I may get there at six. I play basketball for two hours. I work out for 30 minutes to an hour back home to shower. Every single day. Three to five days a week. That's my schedule. If I, if I don't go to the gym, if I do go to the gym and I don't play ball, then I just get there at seven. And I work yeah. out for an hour, but everything else. Yeah. You've been doing this how long? <clears throat> it's been years. Really? So, um, John Maxwell said the secret to your success is finding your daily routine. And though I'm not a big fan of him, Dave Ramsey released this report and it talked about what successful people do versus unsuccessful people. And it said like, I think it was like 68% of successful people all wake up three, four hours before they started working. So I, um, I'm a nerd. I study. Me too. I study. So while you're telling me all this, I'm like, hmm. Yeah. So I study success. And what I've learned is that all successful people had a routine Yeah, that started early in the morning. So I said, hmm, what's going to be my routine? So I just kept reading and, di and, and diving in and I find out what different people were doing and I devised my own. That works for me. So I real, I'm real big on the law of attraction. Yes. So that's the reason why I'm, I'm writing my goals. Yes. I'm saying I have an affirmation poem that's about seven minutes long. Wow. And I say, when I, when I come home from in, in the shower, I am saying an affirmation poem. I am, I am, I am. And it's seven minutes long. Six, seven minutes long. If I, depending on how, how fast That's I say it. That's something you wrote? <clears throat> yeah. 
Yeah, I am love. I am patient. I am kind and perfect health. I am generous. I am peace. I'm living in abundant wealth. And it just keeps going. That's dope. And I say it in the morning while I'm, while I'm showering. That's dope. Mm-hmm. That's dope. Because I'm putting it into the atmosphere. And the word says, my word shall not return to me void, but will accomplish what I say. And it also says, out the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you start training your heart to hear and see something totally different, then it will come out of your mouth. And then you're not going to be speaking foolishness Mm -hmm. out your mouth saying that I'm I'm worthless, I'm this, I'm that, because your heart is on it. Let me tell you, I cringe every time I hear somebody say, I am the D word. That means you're no longer living because something is funny. I believe every time you say that, you're taking a breath. Oh, out you of your life. D A M N. You talking about that? D E A D. Oh, oh yeah. Because oh, something yeah. is funny. I'm, you're taking a breath from your life every single time you say that. That's how I. I won't even say it. Words. Or I'm B because you don't have any money at that yeah. particular moment. Yeah. You're causing that to be your future existence. Yeah. I used to always say that uh, back in the day, I started saying I'm in between blessings because yeah. I, I would never say that right. I was I would, that. Don't I'm like, say it. I'm, like, I'm in it. between blessings. And, and when I started thinking like that, <clears throat> literally, God would literally release something in the next yeah. day. I was like, whoa, look yes. what just happened. Yeah, you know but the word, the word actually says, let the weak say I am strong. Yes. So if the weak should say I'm strong, shouldn't the poor say I am rich? That's what it also says. Shouldn't the unhealthy say I am healthy? There it is. You see what I'm saying? So it's not about lying to yourself. It's about proclaiming a profession what you want. Profession brings poor possession. Say Don't get me time. started. No, no, no I need to say that what you just said one more time. <laughs> professing brings forth pro, uh, pro, pro, uh, professing brings forth possession. Pro, possessions. possessions. Mm-hmm. Yes. <clears throat> and that's facts. That is fact. That is fact. And that's why I got so upset with my homegirl who said, I'm just, I'm just not going to get married anyway. That's never going to happen. And I said, and it's not. Exactly. And it's not. I can't, exactly. I can't, I can't refuse you said that. It. Right. I can't, mm-hmm. I can't battle that. Right. God can't make it happen. Right. No one, make, no one, see, God is such a gentleman that he's not going to force anything on exactly. us. Exactly. He, he won't even force himself on mm-hmm. you. That will be rape. God mm-hmm. doesn't even rape us with salvation. Yep. He says, oh, ooh, that, that, that just spoke to me. He don't even rape us with salvation. He says, whosoever will let him come. Mm-hmm. And so when he says, if you, if you speak, if you confess, then you are saved. If you yep. believe and confess. So if God doesn't force himself on you with salvation, something that he came and went through hell and hot water for us to achieve, then you think he's going to force you with a car or force you with a house or, or, or force a, a husband upon you that you're going to mismanage anyway, force a wife on you that you're going to mismanage anyway. But when you start speaking those things that be not as though they were, Bruh. then God said, oh, now I can show up Bruh. because I did the same thing. Faith. So God can't. It's the same thing that God spoke into existence since the beginning of time. He said, let there be, let there be, let there be, let there be. He didn't go and say, well, it probably ain't going to be no earth around here. Let me, let me give you the beginning of my poem. Come on, talk. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God because God was the word. Then that word became flesh so we could live by what we've heard. Out of the darkness, he formed light from the words from which he said, let there be. And there was creation from words in his head. And he gave that same power to everyone, including me, so that with my mouth, I could create what I am to be. So with that said, I speak life over every area and situation. I am what I say, and I say what I am through the power of these declarations. And that's when I go into I am, I am, I am. So you say that to yourself. Every day in the morning, shower. 
Why not? Let me tell you something. That's why I said God is so intentional. My son is sitting right here switching. Some days he comes, some days he doesn't because uh, he's in school or whatnot, and I may shoot an episode. Um, I called one of my homegirls, Rihanna, to ask her to do the switching today. She said that she couldn't because she had to do someone else's podcast to be actually on a podcast, uh, one of our other friends. So I called Armani. Armani came. Armani needed to hear this. Wouldn't you agree? See, he needed to hear this because he speaks. He told me one day, I said, I say this stuff. I say this positive stuff to you. What's wrong? He said, but dad, you don't understand how many negative thoughts I say about myself throughout the day. <laughs> and I said, what? He said, if you could live inside my head, you will be afraid. I said, why you say that, son? He said, I think of the most wicked stuff, the most evil stuff, the most dangerous stuff. And I hate Tear dropped down my eyes. I'm getting emotional when even just repeating that. And I said, son, you got to think of yourself differently because God showed me something totally different in your life. He said, I don't even understand why you adopted me. I said, because God showed me your greatness. God told me to, first of all, and then God revealed to me your greatness. He said, I don't I don't believe it. And I said, you may not believe it right now, but you're going to believe it sooner or later. But you can't keep feeding the negative thought and you need to start speaking who God says you are. The fact that he said that is confirmation of the calling on his life. And I'm going to tell you why, Lord. Thank you, Father. Woo! Thank you, Father. The enemy can peek into the future and see your greatness. And he knows if he can get you off track, you cannot reach your full potential. The wars that we face are of the mind. The wars in the mind. The enemy attacks the mind. If you control the mind, you control the body. You must grab hold of your mind. Hear me when I speak. Talk, talk, man of God. You must take control of your mind. Speak the words of what you want to manifest. For it shall be as you say, if you believe it. Mountains will move if you speak the word one time and your faith backs it up. The enemy is attacking you because he knows what your greatness is. That is confirmation. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. God, we just thank you right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we want this word to just settle. Let it settle in my son's heart. Let it settle in his mind. Let it settle in, in whoever's watching this episode that needed to hear that. In the name of Jesus. Said so we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Mm. You said for us to cast down every imagination. Because an imagination starts from my mind and there's something that's not even true. We imagined it. We imagined it. So God, we ask right now for us to gain the power to take every negative thought into captivity. 
in the name of Jesus, under subjection yes, to your word, God. Yes, Lord. Because you are God and God all by yourself. You are Alpha and Omega. You are the beginning and the end. And God, we thank you for the power and the authority to tread and trample over serpents, to tread and trample over demons. We speak right now in the name of Jesus to every foul and ill thought that plagues our minds. But we got to think on those things that are pure, those things that are holy, God. That's we got to think That's on it. those things, God. That's it. We got to think on those things, God. Because you are God. And beside you, there is no other. So we thank you. Yes, Lord. Thank you. We thank you, God. Dre, let me tell you something, man. Dre. Oh, I know when God shows up. I know when God shows up. What got you to this point where you understood the power of the mind? What had you gone through? <clears throat> um, I was I was homeless for three years. Um, when I decided to go full time in real estate, I was working. Um, I was selling cars and I was selling houses and the gentleman that had the auction license for me to get cars, he died on 59 in a motorcycle accident. So I lost that stream of income when he died. Um, I went from having a roommate splitting the bills to all the bills being on me. And um, I was uh, I couldn't afford to go to the barber. So I was in the bathroom one day. And a song came on that I've never heard before. And I knew it was God speaking to me. And the song said, I close every door just so I can be the one to open it. But I'm coming strong on your behalf. After I heard that song for the next three years, I was going from house to house to house, sleeping on couches, sleeping on floors. Um, I went to my dad's house last, and then he gave me a subpoena to be at the house a week after my 30th birthday. Your dad I kicked still you have, out the house. Mm -hmm, I still have the subpoena to this day. I can show it to you. When he kicked me out, I put all my possessions in my car, and I stepped in my car for three months, and I sold houses when I had no home. And I continued... I knew what I was going through. I knew what it was. I, I knew that it was something that I had to go through. But I continued to stay faithful. And I continued to allow myself to be addicted to personal development. Mm. So I was constantly listening to Jim Rome and Bob Proctor and <clears throat> Zig Ziglar and John Maxwell, Miles Monroe, all these individuals. And it was just a reoccurring theme about the power of your mind and your words. Mm. Um, and as a young man, I fell in love with the book of Proverbs. Mm. And it's all throughout the book. So it's just a being a reoccurring thing that I've seen um, and how people have util utilized power of their words to transform their lives. Um, but we don't do it because we don't really believe. We say we believe, but our actions indicate that we don't. <clears throat> thank you so much for sharing that that is powerful I might do me a favor grab me I want to read a comment that was on a YouTube video uh, can you have me my phone please and just bring it over here um, the other day I got um, 
The other day I read this comment and that's why I said I know that God um, and I almost forgot that I was going to read this on this episode and you just God just led you by the spirit into this conversation. Um, and let me just go here. This lady. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. So when did that happen? When did it happen where you were homeless? How many years ago was that? <clears throat> Um, it started 2012 and I didn't get my first place or well, my next place until 2015. Wow. All right. 2012 to 2015. So for three years, mm-hmm. what, how did you feel when your father put you out like that? <clears throat> so me and my dad are fairly close right now. Uh, we have a good relationship. I didn't feel any kind of way. I, I understood it. So you didn't, you didn't blame him for it. You said, no, I don't you said, know. You said, I wasn't mad. I wasn't upset. I understood it. But the, the thing is, I already knew what I was going through. He didn't know it. What you mean? Go through as what? The financial stuff? I knew. It, the thing, okay, so how things were happening, I knew that God was taking me through something. I just knew it. Because it was stupid how it was happening. Like <laughs> It made no sense. Like I would have people who were getting ready to buy a house or rent a house or something. They, they turn around and try to spend the money on a business. I had a person tell me they had no realtor. I drive another t- across town. They had a realtor. They were lying. It just be stupid stuff I had no control over. I just knew that God was taking me through something. But then one night I was on a couch and a friend of mine that I met um, when I was in, I was going to college of biblical studies at one point. I met her there and God spoke directly to me through her. And when I say directly, when she spoke, her tone changed. It was not her. It literally was not her. And then after, after God finished speaking, she said, I'm going to call you later. The next time we spoke, she could not recall the conversation. Really? <laughs> so I knew what I was going through was my point. Yeah. But the thing about it is nobody else knew it. My best friend that I, I talked to almost every single day, he had no idea. Nobody knew what I was going through. But I knew within myself what I was going through. Dre, I want to share this with the listeners. This is a post that someone, a comment someone left under the episode, Love God First. Her name is YY. This was posted three days ago. When this episode released, it'll be about six days uh, from the date. I was contemplating suicide. I mixed my drink and I was about to sip it in the bathroom. Then this popped up, this episode. Backstory, God has been working on me the last four years in isolation, I found my identity. I went from suicide attempts every other month. God was the first. This this was the today was the first time in six months since I met Jesus. Story of another day, and out of body experience. God specifically told me to wait on Him. However, everyone around me thinks I'm lazy because they see God can't because they see God can't tell you to wait and be broke. I haven't had a job in four years. Never slept hungry. He has uh, really provided. But the family pressure being that black sheep was getting to me. Not today, Satan. When I was praying before I took the poison, I told God, give me a sign. And I'm not crazy. As everyone, as everyone says, I have bipolar. Got off my meds when I met Jesus last year in August. Then this showed up. I prayed for a sign like Habakkuk did. There is so much answers for me. Thank you for your obedience. You may think you're just doing a podcast, but not today. Today, you saved me from killing my child and myself. 
thank you. I'm back to my senses and I have a zeal for life. Lord, thank you. A reason why this hit so hard for me. And Armani asked me, I, I, I had called him shortly after that and I said something. I said, Armani, how you doing? You doing all right? He was like, yeah, why you say that? I said, you doing all right? He was like, yeah, why? You remember when I was doing that with you the other day and you kind of felt like it was odd? It's because my son struggles with that so much. Struggles with it so much. Wanting to kill himself every other day. Sometimes every day. And God sent this lady to let me know that my son gonna be all right. And when I read that post, I read it and I was like, my son gonna be all right. That the battle, like you just said earlier, is that the devil got a, a peek into my son's future. And, and the devil got a peek into your future, why, why? And, and he got scared. It's the same fear that came over him. He was so stupid that he killed Jesus, not realizing that killing Jesus was filling out the was, was fulfilling the plan of him coming to earth in the first place. So the devil dumb. He's not omniscient, which means all knowing. He he he's 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 roaming about like a lion, like a lion seeking who he may devour. But we already know who the true lion is, the King of Kings. So he got a snapshot into Armani's future and said. Oh, I got to take him out now. Mm -hmm. I got to take him out when mm -hmm. he's still weak, when mm -hmm. he don't even know his purpose. Exactly. When he, because if he knew what his purpose was, mm -hmm. he he wouldn't play these games. He'll mm -hmm. get so excited about what God is going to do in the future that he'll start bringing his future to his presence. Agreed. So, why, why? Thank you so much for your transparency, for sharing it. Thank you. I'm, I'm humbled that God would allow my podcast to pop up the very moment that you were about to kill yourself and your child. Praise God. You have a purpose on this earth. Why, why? Amen. God has brought you to this earth for such a time as this. And you sh merely sharing your testimony is going to release, release something into the atmosphere that's going to destroy yokes. So I'm believing that right now in the name of Jesus. And just like my brother Dre said, yeah, devil's upset with you because he knows your purpose. He knows the plan that God has for you. So keep grabbing a hold of God. Um, and everything going to be all right. Think on these things. Uh, Dre, let me tell you something. This whole episode was so unexpected. But I know it's so intentional with God. Anything else you want to share before we conclude? I am the rhyming realtor for your dream home. You need to buy or sell. I'm the purpose coach for those that feel like they're going through hell. I am the speaker here to motivate, encourage, and aspire. I'm a poet as well. Grab the mic to spit bars of fire. The book that I wrote is changing lives as well. A poet is what I am on a mission to serve, not sell. When it's all said and done, I help others reach their full potential by helping them find their purpose to find true joy. It is essential. Andre Notice is my name and inspiration is who I be. It's true. I live to give and you will notice me. <laughs> I love it. I love it, boy. When I tell you, how can people follow you on social media? You will notice me. You will notice me. The letter, you. The letter you. You will notice me right there. If you can see that, 
probably stood out the frame, but he's about six foot 20. So <laughs> the letter U, and then we'll notice me. Yeah, you, I, you can Google me. I'm on yeah. notice and pull up. Yeah, and, and you go look in the description. I'll have his IG uh, in the description. Go follow this brother. Show him love. Uh, God. God, I thank you. I thank you for this episode. This episode was absolutely beautiful. And thank you, King, for uh, just showing up and being available to be used by God because you don't even understand the magnitude that God just used you today and the many people that are going to be healed. And so I, I, this is what I want you to do. Those that have been touched by this episode and something that Dre has said that, that you needed to hear that provided reference and healing or context to you, I want you to slide in his DM and tell him, listen, when you said this, this right here, bless me. So he'll know um, the purpose that God is continually to do in his life because we get motivated by testimonies. And so, um, yeah, I do that for my brother. So listen, brother, thank you for coming on the Dear Future Wifey podcast. It's, it's been a pleasure, man. I hope and, you're back. Hope, hope to come back. Oh, yeah. We're going we're gonna to do some things, man. You be blessed, brother. Appreciate you. Ladarian thrusted suddenly into Child Protective Services in 2015. My nephew, black, a boy. The likelihood of being adopted outside of kinship, slim to none. Armani, 16 years old, black, a boy, with five years in the foster care system before I even knew his name. The likelihood of ever being adopted, yep, you guessed it, slim to none. While Ladarian and Armani were trying to survive and barely thrive in an overpopulated and underfunded foster care system, I was living my own life, doing well professionally, Having been a single father with a daughter who at that point was doing well in college, it was my time to live my life, right? Wrong. I felt unsettled, tireless, agitated. There are just too many of our black children stuck in ambiguity and in the limbo of the foster care system. In 2017, I legally adopted my nephew, Ladarian. Fast forward to 2019, I had no ties to this other young king, but I felt God instructed me to adopt him also, and I obeyed. Starting over with parenting should have been enough, right? Working with various foster care and adoption agencies to help bring awareness to the countless young black kings in the foster care system should have decreased my agitation, right? Joining the board of directors of Advantage Adoption, an organization that helps find permanent adoptive homes for children in foster care should have led to some type of resolve, right? No, not at all. None of it felt like I had done enough. I now realize that every one of those experiences was laying the fundamental foundation for my life's mission, Kingdom Royale. Kingdom Royale will be a luxury, state-of-the-art home for foster boys. Our first location will be in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We will utilize the whole person approach that instills identity, empowers them to advocate for themselves, and enlightens them regarding new perspectives and limitless options that they thought were impossible. Though the young kings will attend the local public schools that are in proximity to Kingdom Royale, our at-home curriculum will broaden their worldview through participating in the arts, attending various cultural events, learning about and engaging in multifaceted discussions about current events and even relevant historical contexts, introducing them to gardening and landscaping and even caring for our animals on our farm and on-site stables. We just launched our startup capital campaign with the goal of raising $2.8 million. Now, why $2.8 million? Well, in 2017, I created a web series in which I performed random acts of kindness for targeting the homeless community. 
One of the most notable successes was that one of the videos went viral, garnering 28 million views. However, one of my biggest regrets is that I didn't raise a single dollar to help in implementing a more sustainable plan for the homeless community. So throughout the years, with much remorse, I reflected on not maximizing that moment. I knew if at that time, just 10% of the viewers donated $1, we would have raised at least $2.8 million that could have really established long-term support for the homeless community, or at least started a long-term initiative to do so. This is my do-over. This is our new beginning. Together, we can attack this at the root by specifically helping our homeless black boys who are already disproportionately represented in the American foster care system. I'm Lateris R. Whitfield. I've been nominated for three regional Emmys documenting my work with the homeless as well as my personal adoption journey. Despite those accolades, the greatest award for me is truly providing the infrastructure for a transformed life. Visit KingdomRoyale.com for more details. Crown a king and make a donation today. When I tell you this episode was so unexpected and it just shows how intentional God is about this podcast, so I'm extremely humbled by the Holy Spirit just showing up and showing out today. Man, shout out to my boy um, for just ah, allowing himself to be used by God. That's, that's amazing. Here's my favorite part of the podcast where I speak to my future wifey. Dear future wifey, I will greet you with intentionality. I will entice you with my sin of pure intentions and it will connect to your soul. My heart will embrace yours. My soul will slow dance with your soul and ink will spill on pages of our love story. Our spirits will create a triangle love affair with our Lord and Savior. Let love win. Let fear die. Let hope win. Let doubt die. Let us win. Let divorce die. Your future hubby. Thank you for listening to the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Remember, be lit, live intentionally and transparently, and don't stop loving. Make sure to subscribe to our Dear Future Wifey YouTube channel. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. We welcome your support. Simply share our podcast with your friends and family.